Hey. Hello. It's uh, it's Wednesday. <laughs> I, I forgot what I was gonna say within moments. It is the uh, it's the twenty third. It is the start of Scorpio season. In case you guys wanted I, to know, I shout made, out to all my Scorpio friends. I made a lot of scorpion jokes today at work when people were talking about Scorpio season. I was like, yeah, scorpions are cool. You know who played a scorpion once? Dwayne the Rock. Johnson. I was gonna say the Rock. <laughs> yeah. That he was the, <laughs> the scorpion, scorpion king. king. Yeah, he was like the best of all the scorpions. The strongest, the most powerful. I mean, like. And his CGI was so, so bad that you can never watch that movie in this time frame or that, that time frame without thinking. Was that a thinking. spinoff from The Mummy? Oh, yeah. For okay. Sure. I never watched The Scorpion King. I, but. I think I've seen it like once or twice. That's it. I was super into The Mummy, though. Brayden and I watched him recently. I was actually. There's a tangent here. There was an, <laughs> the Alamo Draft House is doing a mummy like movie party, and I knew you love the mummy because I also love the mummy, oh, yes. and I was gonna see if you wanted to go to it. Yes, but it was like it's like fifteen dollars for the mummy. It's because Brendan Fraser is really coming up on top this well, year. Well, it's because they give you like fake props, but still, I we could have a mummy movie party at my apartment. I'm just I, gonna... I we could yell shit all the time. I'm just going to be dressed as Brendan Fraser in that movie. And I'm going to say all of his, like, ridiculous one-liners just the entire night. No context, no conversations with anyone, just his one-liners. All right, let's get started. We're going to talk about comics. <laughs> yeah. If you love The Mummy, though, shout out to you because you know you know good good movies. Yeah, you know Benny, the good you're on the wrong side of the lake. <laughs> okay, so I have... <laughs> um... Money shot number one. Um, this is a really weird series. Um, I'm sorry. I can't stop thinking about the mummy. Um, it's about a, a group of scientists who can't get the money they need for projects that they're working on. Uh, I don't want to call her like the head scientist or whatever, but she's the one with the most like ambition and like convinces them all to do this yeah um she discovers that humans are disgusting perverts and will you know pretty much watch any kind of porn to get off and she says oh my god i have an idea (laughs) why don't we all just make porn but like like a solid with aliens all right to make this money Mm -hmm. so that we can have our project funded which is to you know travel interdimensionally and shit so that's what they're doing. They're making porn with aliens. All right. It's actually pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I really, really actually enjoyed this. I'm going to probably add it to my poll. I just got this first issue to see what it was all about, and I was pleasantly surprised. All right. All right. Yeah, no, that was one I was definitely interested in, but yeah, it's just like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, it's it really could have gone either way, but it really went. You know, I love the smut. Oh my god, this much aliens? Come on. It's like a dream. It's like shape of water, but it goes even farther. Oh yeah. And they all like do it. yeah. It's it's very interesting. Money shot number one. Oh no, I burped. Ooh. Alright, so I have the amazing Spider-Man full circle. This it's an expensive book, but there's a lot of really great stuff in here. So I'm just gonna like read, oh, Lord. read the read what it says because I feel like that will do a better job of explaining it than I do. I do. No, you did a really good job, and it also made me want to play that game. Yeah, well, that so, game is awesome. Yeah, but 
Anyway, so here's what the little intro says. Um, it was an idea that we had to try. Seven teams of Marvel's most creative contributors crafting an all-new adventure of the amazing Spider-Man in a round-robin style with each successive creative team picking up the story from where the pre- previous creators left off. No roadmap, no contact, no plan. Uh, so it's just kind of, it's really interesting because you kind of have the big, a story starts out and then another creator and like creative team comes in and picks up that story and takes it a different, like takes it from there. So you don't know maybe what the first person was thinking from like to begin the story and it just kind of like progresses. So it kind of starts out with, uh, Spider-Man on a space station after waking up from two weeks in like a stasis from some like bad scientists God, I wish I could go into a stasis. And then it just continues on from there. <clears throat> I I fucking love this. I didn't have any idea necessarily what I was getting into. I thought it was going to be more like an annual sort of situation where it was like... That's what little, it seemed like. Like little one-off stories by each creative team, which is also usually a nice little thing. But this was so good. It was I loved it so much. Like I'm, I'm really glad I picked it up, and it was really interesting. There's also werewolves. <laughs> That's our theme for the day, guys. Werewolves, but I had a great time. And the game I was talking about was with Heather earlier. I'll just briefly go over it. Is you have some paper and a group of friends, and it's almost like telephone. But the first person writes out a little story. The second person draws the story, and they kind of hide the writing. And the next person takes the drawing. And writes what they think the story is based on the drawing and so on and so forth. It's physical telephone. Physical telephone. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good game. A lot of fun. So if you have friends, which I don't. Heather's one. One friend. We're literally just going to go back and forth with that piece of paper. And it's going to be you writing exactly <laughs> what the story is and me drawing the exact same picture every time. Or I'll just change up the story. Yeah. I can't. I'm a stoner. I don't remember things. That's true. I'm a stone man. I, I am Stone Man. Stone Men! Don't let them touch you! Is that another line from The Mummy? No, that's from uh, Game of Thrones. Sir Jorah oh, yes. says it when the Jorah. Stone Men are jumping out of the... Not gonna lie, area. I was not too invested in that season. I just... Chris and I laughed so hard when he delivered that line. It's just like the like cadence of the way he says it and just like... I guess also being a stoner, I was just like, oh my god, there's stoners jumping out at you. Be careful. They're hungry. That's a really funny you say that because my little sister loves um, that scene from season two, I think, when they leave Hot Pie at the place and he gives her that bread that's shaped like a wolf and she's eating it. And she goes, it's really good. (laughs) (laughs) My little sister loves that so much that anytime she's eating something, I'm always like, Sammy, how is it? It's really good. There you go. Too bad the ending of that show just had to... I can't get into that. Uh, <laughs> I can't even start on that. But anyway, I can get into this. This is Tommy Gun Wizards. This is number three. Um, I don't really have any feelings about this series. Like, when I'm reading it, it's cool. It's just about magic and Al Capone and the ultimate magic wizard, which is a toad, which I was not expecting. What? Yeah, it's a it's a big frog in the back of a meat packing plant. Let me show you. Oh, yeah, I need to see this. So the drug is called the lick. Oh my god. I'm assuming it's because you lick the frog to get 
high, and that's where you get your powers, right? Because there's that poisonous, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, frog. yeah, yeah, no, um, that's amazing, though, in the worst way. I mean, yeah, after some necromancer summons up a bunch of the dead cows that they've been killing in this meat butchering plant and just makes them attack these detectives who don't have any magic, but they have guns, but the guns don't work against magic. No, guns don't work against Their one magic. magician that they have is in the hospital because uh, the last issue they got into a fight, so <laughs> they're shit out of luck. <clears throat> uh, yeah, this is only four issues. Christian Ward writes this, which is why I picked it up, um, and I really enjoy like the plot of the story. I think it's really cool, um, but yeah, it's, it's neither here nor there. Yeah. All right, you want to yeah, let's get into some Middle West? Yep. I'm not going to get emotional this time because it wasn't that emotional. No, I wouldn't say, like, emotional as much as there's a, a lot just, like, happens. It's kind of just, yeah. like, I think this is probably the fastest, fastest issue of them all, like, kind of, like, moving time forward. Oh, yeah, because it is uh, three different, like, point of views, like, mm-hmm. of our main characters. So Abel got kidnapped by, um, I called them child poachers when I was trying to explain to someone, and that's essentially what they yeah. are. They just collect lost children, um, orphans, runaways, whatever, uh, and recruit them to work on the farm, the Raider farm. Um, and apparently the Raider farm has been around a while, and people have been trying to like shut it down because they know there's some mm-hmm. weird shit's going on there. So Abel is stuck there with... Um, Bobby. Bobby. With Bobby, the little girl from the carnival. I don't know why I said it like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, man, that was good. Um, but yeah, so they're stuck there. They're getting forced to work. Um, Mr. Little Fox is going to get the help from, I can never remember his name. Mm, I just drives me nuts. I don't either, but it's a wizard. He's a wizard. Yeah, the wizard who was supposed to help him originally, and Magdalena, the, the woman who was trying to help him at the carnival. Um, so the fox is trying to tell them, you know, we need to save Abel. Bobby's with them. Of course, the woman is kind of bitter. Uh, she doesn't really want to help them because she's kind of selfish. But the old man, her brother, is like, dude, we got to do this. They're kids. Yeah. I think, like, there's an... like I just like... Every time, I'm like, I just like this book, but... It is. It's really I, good. I'm always happy, like, not happy. I'm always, like, glad every, like, time it comes out. Like, it's a couple months until the next one comes out. And, and, like, the break is, I suppose, necessary within the story. But I'm always just, like, it feels like the one that has the least amount of breaks. And mm-hmm. I'm always the most excited to read in a weird way. And I just, I love the dynamic between the characters. And I really enjoyed the idea of, like, Abel being on this, like, in this place where maybe things could go completely wrong if he, like, freaks out. And I love the, I guess, the hierarchy of how the power works there. Because it's, like, obviously this Nick Raider. I don't know if that was his name. I I think it was Nicholas Raider. Okay. I think that's how he introduced himself. Uh, it's just, like, a, yeah. gar- a garbage man. He literally looks like a trash can. He's like Mario. Yeah. Like an evil Mario. There he is. There's our villain for this half of the book. And I just, it's so, it's so intense. And I, every time I just, I want Abel to succeed and he's in a place where, god damn dude. And then the whole last part of the issue just like delves in in another level of just like his dad and just trying to find him and still trying to find him and getting yeah, frantic he, about yeah, it and angry, just so angry. And 
I think that's what's going to be an explosive point like later is that guy is kind of like his dad. Maybe Abel's going to lose it. Well, we'll see. I just don't. Scotty, you never know. Yeah, and Scotty Young has just been like killing it on this writing. I can't stand it. It makes me mad. I didn't even know that. I've never read anything Scotty Young before. And I, I have only like seen his pictures and I was like, so reading this has been a joy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been so good. We love you, Scotty Young. Thank you. Okay, here you go. Okay, so I have this one shot. It's called Monday Fatality. Oh my God, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Um, I cannot remember how to pronounce it. Mandager. Um, it is about a bishop who gets sent to a town to get rid of the witch. That's the in the town, the witch. Um, I don't know. Uh, Mandager <laughs> is the, uh, it's a, a Norse tradition thing. It's called the, the Day of the Moon. Um, which plays a huge part into this. Um, it's got, you know, witches, werewolves. It's spooky for this time of year, which is why I'd gotten it. It's a very, very quick read. Violent. Colors are great. The story was actually really fun. It was just a simple kill the witch slash werewolf kind of story. All and right. it was, yeah, it was awesome. Um, and they tied it up really well in just this one story. Like it was in and out, like not even a big deal. So I'm very pleased with this one. I like that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's just. If you can pull off, like, it's like any, like, kind of, like, short horror film. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can pull off that sort of, like, one-shot horror, like, it's almost best that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he, like, he, they get the point across. Like, he goes to this town, finds the witch, is interrogating the witch, does not work out how he wants it to, clearly, because it never does with mm-hmm. witches. Um, and then shit gets real for him real fast. <laughs> So yeah, Monday Fatality. I don't even know who this is by. David C. Hayes. All right. Never heard of this person in my life, but good job, dude. <laughs> Me? I think, yeah. I also actually have another one, too, that I read, but I don't have with me. Oh, okay. But you can go again. Okay. Go again. Okay. Oh, okay. Just do it. No, no, no. I re- this. I, 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 we can do whatever we just... want. It's our thing. I need my Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Pepper, for giving us money for this sponsorship. I have Batman Curse of the White Knight. <laughs> this is issue number four. I, I can't believe it's issue number four. Yeah, I feel like they're coming out really fast. Maybe it's just like monthly and I'm like, oh God, I'm blindsided by this like actually I feel like it's sooner than that. I feel like it's every time. other week. <laughs> I, I maybe it's just because I have a Batman like every other week, or That's like at this it. point right now, like with all of the goddamn Batman titles every week. Like we get it, DC. Batman is a big <laughs> deal in your world. Well, and usually, you know me, like I'm only doing Batman writers I like, so mm-hmm. it's not like I'm going too hard on the Batman. It's just like I guess all the writers I like are also putting out Batman books, or I guess artists as well at mm-hmm. this point. Um, so anyway, this is issue four, and this continues the the story of this book. <laughs> Just yes. like more of Bruce trying figuring out the uh... yeah, no, that's not wrong, Kyle. It is coming out much quicker than last year, like or I guess 
I guess it was two years ago when White Knight was actually coming out, the first story arc. I don't even remember that. Yeah, because I feel like it was before you had started at Legend. No, yeah, no, it's coming out much faster. I think because he had the story basically done, and so they can kind of just, like, swipe out the issues. Uh, But this continues, sorry, just tangent. Uh, This continues the story, uh, Gordon... I don't know if I want to, like, ruin everything of this. Like, something bad happens to Jim Gordon in the bat, like, the last issue, and this kind of continues that idea, and Barbara kind of loses sight of, like, how to do things in a way that is safe, I guess is the best way to put it. She's just kind of, like, blindsided by, like, anger and vengeance and does the wrong things. And not necessarily the wrong things, but just something to put herself in a position where she's not safe. And I think Batman is just trying to figure out the behind the scenes aspects of this. Like what was happening between the Waynes and this other family where they were fighting and trying to save Gotham and kind of took power from this other family. Overall, like, the story's fairly interesting. I really like this issue a lot, probably because it focuses on, like, Barbara more than anybody else and kind of, like, her inner feelings. Did you just notice that? Yeah, I just noticed that. I I paused this because there's a dick on the cover, and I just noticed it, and I had to... I had to make sure that I... <laughs> I like how you turned it off as if we weren't recording yeah. live on two things. Well, this one would actually mute us. This one would not. Okay. There's a dick on the cover. Yeah, there's a dick on the cover. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. I can't. I can't even focus now because that has ruined the entire book for me. Do you want to talk about Avengers? Yeah, I'll talk about Avengers. This is Avengers issue number 25. Heather and I both have read this, but technically Heather has not read this because she's on issue 24. Yeah, I forgot to pick up 24 until, like, a few days ago. But this... Sorry. Yeah, this just continues the challenge of the Ghost Riders, and it's the finale. So you kind of get where Cosmic Ghost Rider goes from here. Uh, I almost said Luke Cage. Johnny Blaze uh, goes from here, and then also um, Robbie Reyes. And how, like, everything continues and how he finally feels like an Avenger because basically the Avengers team up and build, like, a badass, like, car for him to race. It's a boat. That's cute, though. Yeah, it is really cute and it just warms my, warms my heart. So it had a nice little note that it ended on. And then you have the continuation of, like, Tony Stark figuring out the the mystery of his helmet being in the that cave oh, oh yeah yeah no i remember that that's and that's the only reason i kind of want to continue avengers but i do not like tony stark and i do not you care. can just read mine yeah i guess that makes sense yeah yeah that way you don't have to worry about it okay <laughs> um so i have sarah <laughs> so i have sarah and the royal stars this is issue number four, and I finally kind of figured out what the story's about. So the royal stars are a group of people that existed before our gods, like mm. every god. They uh, created the world, essentially, um, created everything that exists, everything as we know it. And when we 
came up with the idea of gods, they no longer had to like be around. So Sarah is being led by a group of the royal stars to, um, I can't remember where she's supposed to be going, like, because that was in the first issue, but they're they're helping her go somewhere to complete her mother's mission to save their kingdom. Okay. Um, this issue, they are stuck in the underworld and um, they can't find a way out. Uh, the royal stars are able to leave if they want to, but because a human got down there without permission and she's not even dead, like, it broke all the rules, so she has to find her own way out. But it, it was really cool um, because they literally have, like, all the gods of the underworld, like, talking. Like, I gotta show you Lucifer. <laughs> what a babe, right? Yeah, I love him. Hades. Uh, yeah, they um... have all sorts of, like, from every religion, they have the god or the goddess of the underworld here and it's them titties i know it's fantastic um i really i really like this story still especially now that i discovered what it means um colors are great the art is really cool the story is pretty cute i don't i don't really care for sarah herself but i love like all the people that are with her and like Mm -hmm. all the people that she communicates with um i think it's only going to be five issues okay but i could be wrong um because I'm usually wrong. <laughs> I know that. I'm usually yeah. wrong. Yeah. We do this thing as a guessing game. Yeah, we do. It's either five or six. Usually. <laughs> five, six, eight, ten, twelve. Who knows? Fifteen. <laughs> Sometimes there's fifteen and that confuses me. <laughs> End on an even number, dude. So let's do it for us. <laughs> All right. So I have the Aquaman. This is the second annual. And this is uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Vita... Ayala. Ayala. I hope I said that right. Please don't be offended if I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. She's had one beer, so. <laughs> I, yeah. I, it's my fault. She's got mush mouth now. <laughs> I got mush mouth now. <laughs> I don't know how to talk. But I do love this story. I'm really glad that they teamed up and did this because I think that uh, Vita is a really great writer. I really enjoy their work mm-hmm. a lot. They do a really great job. Uh, but this introduces a weird new villain called Sea Daddy. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. It's it's pretty great. He's really ridiculous. There's something about this issue where I'm just like, it's just like the one issue where they basically move in all the sea gods to their homes. Like It's just like very like, you know... I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about that. <laughs> sea Daddy. Yeah. And uh, so it's like that issue where it's like, well, this is kind of like nothingness. but And this is kind of like Aquaman looking for his dog. and So he can go look for his dog, but he can't find his wife that he got pregnant. It's not his her. wife. I don't give up. It's his girlfriend at best. I don't care. <laughs> All right. She, I, I can't fault did. him for that, though. I would search for my dog, too. But, yeah, he, like, he kind of saves saves some shit and then is, like, my everybody's, like, the dog is missing. And he goes off looking for the dog and he thinks one of the sea gods, like, was trying to eat his dog. Oh, my God, I just spit Dr. Pepper all over the place. I'm, I'm listening to you. The sea dog. This... Is that what? <laughs> no, he's just a regular dog. He can't swim, actually. The whole point is okay. the dog can't swim, and then Arthur gets afraid that the sea god is going to eat his dog. Sea god, okay. <laughs> and then he finds the sea god with his dog, and he's like, hey! That's my dog. That's my dog. Don't eat him. 
basically. And the sea god's like, fuck you, man. And then he's like, watch this. And kind of like, not like throws the dog out, but then like shows him that the dog can, he was teaching the dog to swim. Oh, thank God. And Arthur just felt like a giant jackass. Like he should. Yeah. Because he was just like. I mean, that's what I did when, like, Lizzie was in the water for the first time. You thought a sea god was going to eat her? No, I thought the, the water was just going to swallow her up because she's missing that foot. So when but she, she like, still has. No, I know. But the very first time that we, like, put her in water, she got super nervous and just sank. And I had to, like, grab her. It was a terrifying moment in my life. Like, she just, like, I've sat never... there and went, Oop, and then sank to, like, the bottom. And it was, like, in a river. So it was really fast. So I had like this. The not a natural dog reaction. I know. I don't think think that she's a dog. I think she's an alien that was put into a dog body and sent down here to observe human life. And when she dies, that she's not dying. That's her just going back up. Can I think the same about Megatron? Yes, of course. I think that's what all dogs are. I think that's definitely cats, but like a different version. (laughs) Oh, that was a different tangent of sorts. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. No, and that's that's the story. Okay. Water dogs. Water dogs. Okay. Trust trust the people in your life. Okay. We we have Valkyrie. <laughs> Jane Foster Valkyrie. Number four. Can you start? I got a burp and it's going to hurt. <laughs> yes. So Jane Foster is <clears throat> fighting. I, some- I can't say his name. Mephisto? Mephisto, but it's not Mephisto. But it's a version of him, isn't it? It's... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't... There's... Oh, glare. There's a lot of uh, under underworld shit going on in the, the Marvel Universe right now. Yeah, look, I don't know all, like, the devils. Because in... I know this is the Reaper. Yeah. And that's, like, the main thing is, like... And this is... This is not Mephisto, I thought. Because he talks about how he could be as bad as him. Oh, uh, I thought he was talking weird, like, about himself, like some evil guys do. I mean, that could be. Maybe That's, I'm wrong. I don't know. Apparently, I don't know how to read a book, though. I don't either. <laughs> I read it really fast this morning while I was eating Jimmy John, so I wasn't really <laughs> paying attention. Uh, Sorry. But there is a greater evil that's basically trying to take her over and not take her over, but murder her so that they can be Valkyrie and basically take over the underworld, I guess, is the best way to describe that. Yes, because she is, as we find out in this issue, not an official Valkyrie. Yeah. She's pretty much just a stand-in right now because she's never had to deliver deliver anyone to Valhalla. Or heaven or wherever. Yeah, who knew there were so many rules. Yeah. I actually got told last night uh, by my sir, my my friend Sarah, my sir, my uh, my Norse friend, um, that it's super easy to become like a Norse person. You know, I don't know. You know how I'm like really into Norse mythology and stuff like that. Um, when you go on a Viking, that's how you become like Norse or whatever. But there's like a you have to do like three things out of this like list of things, and they're really insane. Like. I'm not going to talk about it because I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. It's fair. I, to be honest, I just can't remember. I was really tired when she told me. If you want to be in Norse, it's like Fight Club. Yeah, essentially. But like with banging and drugs and drinking and shit. So. Sounds, that sounds right. Yeah, I was like, uh, I could do that. The art in this issue is oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. sorry, by the way. we weren't done. No, we're, I mean, we can be done. No, it's really good. Is this... And it's the same guy who's been doing it, right? Yeah, I don't know why, like, but this issue just, like, killed me. 
overall like just maybe it was like the way the, like the grim reaper looked he was just like very like evil oh, i yeah. don't know it's really good also dr strange is in here if you care about dr strange i've got beef with dr strange what do you do to you I, I really don't have time to get into it right now but he's a fool <laughs> wow i said it wow yeah dr strange makes an appearance yeah that's okay. it. Okay, I'm going to quickly talk about this stupid, not stupid, it's not stupid, why would I say that? This book that I did not talk about earlier. It's the Count Crawley's, oh yeah, Count Crawley, uh, god damn it, I looked it up because. Something of monsters? Count Crawley, Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter. Okay, by David Dask. Oh god. Dave said it so fast the other day and it sounded so good. Yeah, no, that's why I was like, I'm not going to do it, but you did it because it's. It's like, yeah, Das Malschen. Yeah. It's m- more intense than that, though. And I think the only reason... Das Malschen. I mean, when Dave said it, I was like, damn, dude, you're Italian. <laughs> he did it so good. I just did, like, and he a, is actually Italian, so... It was, I was like, I just did it like a German. Yeah, it sounded super German. <laughs> Anywho's, this is a uh, first issue. I just grabbed it and read it off the wall. I did not pick it up. But it's interesting. Uh, it's mainly about... A newscaster who ends up getting fired from her job because she is an alcoholic and her brother is like doesn't want to fire her because he you know loves her right family and shit (laughs) what's that like (laughs) and uh so he gives her this opportunity to be to be count crawley who is like an elvira or like a tv personality who introduces midnight like midnight horror movies and she ends up getting accepted by, like, the people who watch the show and the whole backstory or back part of it and the reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter part of it is that apparently the old Count Crawley was obviously doing some sort of monster hunting because she's confronted by a monster at the very end. <sighs> but there's a lot of layers to the story itself. Like, there's a reason that she's been drinking a bunch there's a reason that she's in the place she is now. And you enjoyed it? I did enjoy it. I would be interested to, like, read the second issue of it. I wouldn't say that I was, like, 100% sold on it, I guess. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good story. I just need to see where it goes. It's only four issues, though, so at the same time, it's not, like, a bad commitment. And it's really good, I think, in my personal opinion, a good, like, Halloween-y sort of story if you're gonna, if you're like, I need this Halloween fix. That's the way to do it. That's, that's a good idea. Um, and for those of you who didn't know, David Dasmakat. Damn it, I still can't do it. Do you want to see it? Because it helps. I, even like just reading it, it doesn't make sense to me. Dasmakat. See, I, my mouth like. it's uh, He's an actor. Um, if you've ever seen the. This is the only thing I recognize him from because I watched it recently. Uh, he's in the Belco experiment. He's one of the janitors, the other janitor who works with Michael Rooker. He's also in Ant-Man. He's one of the... Yes. The, he has a pompadour. Yeah. Because... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's him. There he is. Yep. Yeah. He, he's a, he's an actor and he wrote a comic book, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Okay. I You go and then I'll just go again. Yeah. Okay. So I have Resonant. This is issue number four. This is um, a really, really strange issue. The dad is still separated from the kids. He ends up on an island where um, a man pretty much like 
forces them to hunt for him and like kill for him. He's just a huge dick and is like, I'm going to exploit these weak humans. Song. Oh, God. I was like, who is laughing? <laughs> um, so and the kids are back home, but the, the kids actually end up getting separated, too, because the older boy uh, meets a kid in the woods and the kid is like, you can, you know, come with us. It's safe. Like, my parents will keep you safe. And so the kid ends up leaving his brother and his sister behind, who are the two disabled kids. Uh, the girl's missing the f- leg. And then mm-hmm. the son, I'm not sure what he, I think he has, like, asthma. Like, some okay. sort of, something that requires him to take medication, like, every day. The medica- medication is running low. So she has to, like, protect him and stuff. But the kid, the older boy, ends up following the weird kid in the woods to some, like, church ground. And it's a congregation. And they're trying to save him. I say, if there's one thing I learned from Catholicism, it's stay like, away from religion. It's really weird because the, the waves, when they come through, like the dad had been trying to teach them how to meditate because he can block out the bad stuff that's happening. Um, but, you know, they're young, so they just haven't been able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, the church says that the, the kid goes to that in order to protect yourself from the waves, you just have to pray. So there's this crazy scene where they're like, you know, in the tent, all of them, the entire congregation is in the tent and like the waves are coming and they just start praying and like speaking in tongues and shit and nothing happens to them. It's crazy. Like the, the whole scene is wild, but I really, really enjoy this book. Yeah, and every time we talk about it, it sounds really good. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely surprised me with, like, how good it is. Like, the, the action sequences in here are, like, so fucking good, the way that they're, like, drawn. Oh, yeah. And, like, the colors and stuff. Like, I, I really, really enjoy this story a lot. That's what it looks like when the waves hit. Okay. Like, it just gets really crazy. Yeah, no, this is... I'll have to borrow it when it's yeah. done. It's it's super good. The relationship between the siblings, like the the girl and the two little boys, is um, classic, I guess, when it comes to siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. It's you, okay. It's you okay. Don't know. I don't need I don't need siblings. Yeah. Um, but I it's also very I don't need to understand that relationship. <laughs> Whatever. It's, uh, it's also just kind of frustrating to read because you know they. They do get frustrated with each other and they fight a lot, but the older sister is trying to take care of them and just doesn't know how mm-hmm. because they just won't listen to her. Well, at least the older boy. Like, the younger boy is super sick and, like, yeah. knows that she's looking out for him. But it's uh, it's really sad and really good and I love it. All the things at once. Yeah. Okay. So I have Martian Manhunter issue number nine. This is a book that I just need to go back and read all of it mm-hmm. all at one time. But they're getting deeper into the how the evil Martian basically infiltrated Earth. And it's been for thousands of years he's been doing experiments on humans, trying to make them into aliens and, like, spread this virus. But he hasn't been able to figure out, like, how. And basically, uh, John Jones goes into... Uh, somebody's mind and figures out how he was able to finally figure out how to do this and make this experiment work hopefully interesting yeah no i (laughs) the past few issues have kind of been like the the character building and you learning about like the past and seeing where everything's going this issue puts you more in the present and 
shows you what the bad guy's doing and you can kind of see where it's going to kind of go from here. I don't know. It seems like it'll be a a nice end, like nice three three issue end, like kind of dramatic. Three. <laughs> the way I do the math from nine to like teens is you just take away a number. So it's like 12 issues, you do 9 plus 3, it's 12. Yep. Sorry. No, it's... That burp it's, just oop. started coming. It's boop, boop, it's boop, 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 I, um, when I was in, like, third grade... God damn it. I'm kind of embarrassed by this story, but I need to tell someone. So multiple people or you guys are going to hear this. When I was in third grade, my teacher, Mrs. Healy, had a tank full of... Madagascar hissing cockroaches. Uh, we all fucking loved them. She had names for every single one. I, I think she just made them up because how can you tell them apart? Yeah, no. Anyway, um, so when we were like learning how to do like mathematical counting and all that stuff, uh, she brought in this tape that had like all these songs on it and they were like different, you know, genres or whatever. And like if we could get certain amounts right, we would get to like hold the cockroaches. Yeah, and I was, like, so proud of myself because I got, like, all of them right. And the only one I can remember is um, the, the three. And because it was, like, a weird, like, country song. Three, six, nine, twelve. I, I don't, that's all I'm going to do. Um, and Oh, I do remember two as well. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, six, and eighteen, twenty. I used to sing that shit all the time when I... Oh, my God. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, my God. I got to hold the cockroaches all the time. <laughs> that teacher's really fucking weird. Yeah. No, she was great. Um, She was the first person that I knew that would, like, get her nails really super long and, like, pointed. And she would read, like, Harry Potter in class and shit. It was cool. Yeah, she that was, sounds she awesome. She was great. And she would type like this because of her nails on the computer. And I always thought that was really funny. <laughs> Yeah, she was a great teacher, and I ha- honestly haven't thought about her in years, so thank you for allowing me to talk about her for a minute. Yeah, I'm really glad you got to hold cockroaches. Yeah, no, they were they were awesome. I also remember that, like, she used to provide breakfast for kids who, like, didn't have breakfast at home and, like, couldn't make it to school. So she would make me uh, peanut butter and honey toast, like, every morning, and I would yeah. sit and drink some milk in her classroom and just stare at the cockroaches. <laughs> well, you've always been a weirdo, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're my weirdo. <laughs> King okay. Thor. This is a King Thor. This is two of four. This is Jason Aaron and a sad Ribic. And I love it. You should just talk about this. Okay. This, uh, I don't want to spoil, like, too, my favorite page. That's so good. Um, I don't want to spoil too much about this because it is only four issues, and I would say if you love any any tiny aspect of like anything that's going on like the writers or anything then i think you should read it because it's so good no i don't disagree i, I mean especially with me being like all right i'm just gonna do this mm-hmm. i read war of the realms it's cool i love his suit here he looks so yeah. good um gore okay i keep thinking of steve Brule. praise be gourd and so when i kept reading gore i was like gourd Gord. Okay. Gord, the god of butchers. So, so Gore is the god of butchers. He goes around killing gods. Um, Loki, as we knew previously, had gained control of the Necro Sword and is just killing. Just killing. So, um, he is. I'm sorry, I'm like. 
I love this story so much and I don't even know like what parts to tell. He's obviously trying to kill Thor. Doesn't work out exactly how he wants it to. Gore interferes and this kind of deals with a lot of uh, Gore's conflict, I guess, like Mm -hmm. internally, mentally or whatever. And also, again, it really focuses on the like brother hate love relationship between Thor and Loki um, and where it'll eventually get them and where it has always gotten them. Um, Jason Aaron, dude. Yeah, I, I, I really love this. Like this issue, especially like there's something very like poignant and special about it in my personal opinion. And I felt like, yeah, that interaction between like Loki and Thor was really heavy, but there's also like, like I was saying earlier, it's like almost like an atheist manifesto from like Gore's perspective about how just like humans are so dependent upon God and how they wouldn't, they're not able to almost just be humans for themselves. Yeah, they yeah. have to have this like higher power in this being. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, it's, I understand that he's like not the good guy, but I'm like, damn, what you're saying is so real and so not wrong. Right. And that's what makes him like a really good bad guy is because it all makes sense. It's just, it's not the way to do it. Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, killing the gods you should not believe in. Yeah. Just to rip it from humanity and make them realize that they can do these things on their own. It's just... I suppose there's something real about that in itself, too, just because, you know, I think. Yes. We all struggle with God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it and, like, what what being is. And I think that this book puts a really great question at hand is, like, what, what is humanity without God? And or like especially I guess this humanity without right. God because they become so dependent upon heroes who are also gods and so on and so forth. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. No, not at all because that's like that's exactly what it is. Gore hates the gods and how reliant humans have become on them, and he wants you know to take it away. He wants a world with no gods, and and that's it. And that's what they're struggling with, and it. It's good. It's good. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. The art is so good. Yeah. The writing is so good and just ugh. There's like several classic Loki moments in here that just made me just almost like weep. <clears throat> Snail trails. Dude. No. No. Don't do that. <laughs> not my fault <laughs> Jason Aaron's I mean the end of the book definitely got you weepy it did it I got saw, me yeah. I saw it it got me like, I saw it I know you did I tried hiding it that's why I looked away when after I finished reading I did get really emotional at like the end of it and I think part of it is also because we had just talked about like by the time Jason Aaron is done writing this King Thor he's done with Thor mm-hmm. and I I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, it, he's moving on to other things. I'm very happy for him. I'm sure he's going to do great with whatever he does. But he... It sounds like you're going through a really bad breakup it's right what now. It, it's <laughs> kind of what it feels like. It's like, all right, I have two more visits left in this house and then I'm gone. Mm-hmm. 
Makes me feel... I gotta get the rest of my stuff, and then... Yeah. We'll never see each other again, and I gotta leave my cat with you. Yeah. Oh, God, I would never. <laughs> <laughs> you can have the key, but not the cat. <laughs> All right, so the next book we both have, while well, Heather's taking a drink of Dr. Pepper, is Marauders. <laughs> Parched. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Pepper. Uh, <laughs> this is issue number one, and this is part of the... Dawn of X-Men. Dawn of X-Men. The six new X-Men series the six that new... Jonathan Hickman decided to just poop out. Well, I mean, other writers are doing that. I know, but he started it with, like, that house and powers mega shit that he took. I mean it in a good way. Like, it it's wasn't like a, shit as in a bad way. It's but... like a Bono-sized poop. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> How many Keurigs? <laughs> How many Keurigs was he? 64 64. Somebody who's watched South Park, let us know. I've been sorry, I can't. My glasses are here. not the right. Heather, I put it over here. Oh shit! I've been wanting to read his Seven Years of Thor when it's done so much. It's totally worth it. Not even kidding. Every single issue is a fucking treat. Yeah, I mean, I have the the first part of the after Jane Foster stuff. Oh yeah, but yeah. then I also need to go back and read like. Seven more. Yeah. Seven more years of Thor. Yeah. It's a, it's the only comic that I've been somewhat consistent on, like, most of my life. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, so, yeah, Marauders. Yeah, sorry, Marauders. Uh, after Jonathan Hickman's Power of X, House of X, or Powers of Ten, House of X, Bono-Size Poop. <laughs> we In a have- good way. We have had X-Men and now Marauders, and Marauders follows Kitty Pride, Ice, Iceman, Iceman, Storm, Pyro, and Bishop makes like a, a slight appearance. Yeah. Also, and, guess who makes an appearance in this? <laughs> uh, Nightcrawler is in this. Yes, he's even credited. I wish they would have told me that sooner so that I could have actually picked it up. I totally skipped on it because I was like, Marauders with no Nightcrawler? What the fuck? So I didn't get it. Mm. That went back in my face. Jane texted uh, me like immediately last night. I was like, so I'm guessing you haven't read this yet. Yeah, no, because I was like, I, after I flipped open the book, I was like, oh, there's Nightcrawler right there. If Heather hasn't read this, like Heather cannot have read this because otherwise I would have had a text message yeah. by now telling me like, what the fuck? Yeah, because it was just last week when I was like, I went off on that. Yeah, the whole Nightcrawler thing. Yeah. But he makes his appearance here, and he is helping mutants into Krakoa. He's tiny, and he's cute. And everyone is actually really cute. In yeah, this no, issue. I love this. I love this. I really enjoyed this book a lot. This is kind of the first step into other people doing X-Men after Jonathan Hickman mm-hmm. has just like, this is mine and here you guys go here's the story and i really like this just because i like the idea that like kitty pride can't get into Krakoa, and i'm assuming this has to do something with her ability to like walk through things Mm -hmm. like not that she's not a mutant but i'm wondering i'm just wondering what that disconnect is i don't know i feel like it's gonna be something big yeah i feel like that does have something to do with it though um but yeah, she she can't get in. So Emma Frost enlists her and a small team of mutants to go around the world and get mutants who want to join, whether they want to join or not, right? No, it's more so like if they want. Yeah, there's a fly. 
if they want to join, it seems. Like, yeah. if you want to be in Krakoa and you can't get here, we're going to help you do it. Yeah, because when they did uh, found Krakoa and they did all the portals and stuff to get to different parts of the, the world, um, a lot of countries kind of shut down their borders and trapped mutants inside. So that's what Kitty Pride and the Marauders yeah. are doing, is and, going and, to save them. Yeah, and blocked off the... The portals to Krakoa. Yes. It's really interesting because uh, my significant other just read the first issue of House of X. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I just don't understand how humans are just like going to just take this lying down. Like they're not going to just be okay with this. And I think that's kind of the thing. I mean, even at the end of House of X number one, you have them building like mother mold Mm -hmm. so you know they're not going to take this laying down but i think this kind of puts like that into perspective more so of like sure these countries may be allowing these portals but they're not happy right and they're willing to do whatever it takes to stop the mutants from either getting to krakoa getting out of krakoa like the humans aren't happy no they're pissed especially fucking mother russia yeah mother russia's mad like i just feel like i don't know i think it's an interesting idea to have these pirates quote unquote saving everybody yeah i love that i regret not adding it so i'm going to pick up a copy and (laughs) add it yeah i really enjoyed it i just really liked i really liked i guess kate kate yeah she doesn't want to be called kitty anymore I really, I, she doesn't mind it, but yeah. she would prefer to be called Kate, so. I really enjoy how, like, her character, like, it's kind of like Cyclops in the first X-Men. I really enjoy, like, that character development and that dive into, like, who this person is. And especially since they can't get into this, like, mutant heaven, basically, like, how they adjust to that, which is not very well. Right. But I love it. I I wasn't expecting to like it that much, honestly. Um. My, I just have to tell you my favorite part. Was it the part with Wolverine's? God damn it, yes. When he, like, dives into the water. Yeah. I loved his, like, Wolverine has, like, a, a, a shopping list while Kitty's out on her boat trying mm-hmm. to find things. That's one of my favorite things because Krakoa just doesn't have, like, the, some of the things he wants. Like, Cubano, Cubano sandwiches, beers. <laughs> ribs. Ribs, whiskey pomade coffee it's classic logan shit but yeah the whole scene where she like pulls up and he just like starts booking it because he's like i want my alcohol i just love it too because she like busted into his like shit too like i'm gonna get wasted on this boat and do pirate shit which i just loved i don't know how people don't like kitty prime yeah i mean i in the fight scene with her yeah oh dog that's so cool i got so hyped i was like yes Yes, you bad bitch. Like, you've done this. Like, I love you so much. What time is it? I don't know the time. It is 325, so we gotta fucking wrap this up. Yeah, I gotta go to work, guys. Okay, we love you. Okay, bye. Bye. That was everything. (laughs)